AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started and to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. 
even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. It's the fight in. It's the fight in. Clock. Come on, son. Yeah, John. So you were saying you you've you, you had your first SDI test recently? Yeah. Well. <laughs> Well, I um, I've had like I've, I've had a girlfriend for most of my sexual life, but I had a couple of years in kind of in my youth where I was just a bit of a scally, a bit of like just you know put myself about a bit. But I've never had any symptoms, so I just kind of just carried on. Just thought, fuck it, who cares? And then um, my current missus one day just comes to me. Oh well, yeah, obviously you must have had like a swab for something. And I was like, no, I've I've never had an STI check. So she obviously lost her shit and was like, well, you need to sort that out immediately. So I got one of these like home testing kits. So you just piss in like a little tube, and then you send it away to the clinic, and then you get it back. Honestly, as an as an adult, that's probably the most scared I've been because just put yourself in a situation where, like, whatever comes back, if there's any, if you've got anything, it's gonna look bad, isn't it? Like, yes, you can't. Well, you, you'll be you and your missus will one hundred percent have it. Well, exactly. Well, there's that. So she's she's got it. That would be. Point one, which is a disaster. Two, she's immediately thinking, "Well, this isn't from eight years ago. This is obviously some like tart you've like shagged the other week, and now yeah. and now you're pieing it off as, oh, I've never done a test." And, and there's now a I'm risk. In. There's a risk of everyone being hived up. Well, there's that. There's that as well, which is which is not ideal. <laughs> anyway, so I, anyway, I, anyway, yeah, you get the results. I was sweating, opened it, and it was like, "I'm pleased to tell you, you've got the all clear." So I was like, "Thank fuck for that." Good, so, good. Uh, yeah. T, how you doing, mate? Everyone happy Monday? It's one of the best Mondays in ages. Yes, amazing, amazing, amazing Monday. But it feels, I don't know, it feels weird because there's no fans there. There's no, there's no routine. Like you go to work, you put your Spurs badge on or your Spurs hat on or whatever. So you're just kind of stuck at home, just enjoying the win. So, but it's still great. But inside, though, we all know, we all know. And the thing is, what, what's so fantastic about this result is. We've had such a bad year. Like, all of it's just been shit, isn't it? Like, bar a couple of games towards the end of last season, most of it's just been shit. The whole season, shit. And you usually get one game, one, two games, where everything just works out for you. We didn't feel like we were going to get that. And, by God, we did. John. Mate. I um I said on the last pod it's been horrible and shit and just gross but ultimately all that matters is we beat them lot that's the that's phase one uh, and then if we can finish above them that's phase two and like phase one completed I was like over the moon and to be honest it's like one of those situations where it's just like just fucking just just do it don't care how you do it like I know we've all been complaining about the style of football but for this game I was like I actually don't I don't care just do it and having done it my Monday has just been it's been splendid, mate. It's been really nice. It's been in- in- incredible. I-, I I was going into that game, so I was. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I hadn't mentioned it; it'd be even been on. Like, I knew I-, I hadn't. I knew it was coming, and I hadn't said to my missus that it was gonna it was gonna be on. I think she asked me what what do you want to do on Sunday, and I was like, oh, well, I can't 
the night before I, I can't really do anything because Spurs are playing Arsenal she was like oh my god why haven't you mentioned like why, how comes I don't know about this and I'm like well then she went how do you feel and I was like I feel horrible I don't, I don't want I don't want I, felt, I feel horrible when we're great but it felt even worse given the fact that we just played Bournemouth and not been able to register a shot on target to then go and play your biggest enemy at a time where they're really starting to kick into gear you know the, the setup for that game wasn't in our favour in any shape or form was it T? No, not at all. Um, it was really all gloom and doom after the the Bournemouth game, and you know the dire being banned as well, and you had all the you know disharmony within Spurs fans. It just felt absolutely fucking terrible. But um, but, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think once the game started, and we got a shot on target within the first minute. The the nerves kind of went away. Yeah, I, that's, I felt that exactly, exactly when uh, it was. Uh, but Luis fucked up and you're like oh hang on he's he said it's gone already 18 seconds into the game he's given the ball away already he's, he's head's gone and then you're like and then there was another chance as well they made another mistake and we were on top and then especially when Lucas Moura drifted in that beautiful ball to Kane and he like he tried to think it over or, or, or lob Martinelli is it Martinelli who's it Martinez, Martinez sorry yeah, yeah. And, and you just like just felt oh, hold on a minute something <laughs> boys Something, something might be happening today. That's what it felt like. It's like, don't worry, be happy, because something is happening. And something did. Some gooner asses are going to get slapped today. That's what it felt like. No, it's always like, it's always weird because like normally those games when we when we've been good of recent seasons, it hasn't always gone our way. And then like historically, when we've been like we've been shit, we've managed to like get something or at least like have like opportunities in terms of like recent years. So I had I, I thought we were going to lose the game, but I just had this weird feeling of like how football sometimes is just is just upside down. And going into derby, sometimes you you get something, and I was exactly the same after the first ten minutes. I was like, we're well in this game. Like this, you kind of build up in your mind what it's going to be like, and you like convince yourself how horrible it's going to be. And then when the game started, it was like that just kind of started to to melt away. And I was thinking, right, this is this is all right, nil nil. We're we're playing well, and then. Um, Whack! Top bins, and I just lost my fucking arse, mate. Horrible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, T, what, what was your immediate reaction when when Lacazette scored that worldie? I mean, you can't. can't I, I've become one of those. From... I became one of those people who chronicles every thought on Twitter, and um, I thought this could be a fucking massacre. Here. And no sooner had I sent that tweet than we equalised. So that was a relief. But no, when that goal went in, I thought, Jesus, this could be bad here because both teams were defending really badly. I do... I do this thing, yeah. Defend. The, I, I thought overall we defended much better than they did. Um, their their defense is an absolute shambles. There's no way. Doesn't matter how good their front line is. It's but all the good work that Pepe and Lacazette and Abamyang do, <laughs> the, the defense will do their best to undo it all. Um, but I thought by and large, while the game was open, I thought we we, we defended well. But I, when when Lacazette hit that shot and it went in, and it was just like one in one's like he's like nothing apart from. I mean, we're going to come on to Serge Aurier and horrendous news that's happened to him. So it's quite hard to be critical of him, even even if just hard to be critical at the moment of, 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 of Aurier. But we, we kind of our mistakes gave gave them that opportunity. And when it went in, you're just like, F-. I was like, oh god, I did not want that. I did just no, didn't didn't want it. And my go to thing when we concede is roll a cigarette. Like, let's compound, 
let's compound the misery with me slowly ebbing away at my own life with smoking cigarettes. And uh, so, so I'd roll the fag, bit of self harm, you know, sorts, sorts, sorts it all out. And I uh, went out for a fag, and then it just, and then I heard just from because my telly's, my, my my front room's away from from the back back door, and then I just heard. Oh, and that's a horrible pattern. Son has run onto it. Luke, uh, David Louise can't catch him. And that's one old Spurs. And I was like, yeah, come on. It's fucking incredible. Two minutes, 19 seconds, I think, the difference between the two goals. And, and we're back on level terms. And it, it, it's, it's worse. That way round's worse. If you equalise in that fashion after going ahead, the momentum is with, with, with the team that equalises, regardless of how, how good the first goal was. Mate, one hundred percent. Yeah, especially as like you know, sometimes in games when someone scores like an absolute worldie, it's it's horrible conceding the first goal, but it's like more of a gut punch. It's because it just feels like oh my god, like the like this is this is such an unbelievable goal that it just like it takes it up a notch. So to to basically equalise with, I mean, it was a great finish in the end, but it was such a bad such a bad mistake kind of just yeah. undermined like that gut punch of that goal because it kind of showed them that you're you can score worldies all you like but you're gonna, your center backs are going to pass it to each other and basically play through balls to to our center forwards it's like three or four <laughs> before we'd even scored that goal yeah like they're making mistakes like how david louise is Honestly. on the money he's on i think he's been given a new contract for another yeah, year yeah, as well yeah. hasn't he yeah, yeah Ma- uh, mari's been given a four-year deal uh, Cedric Suarez, the guy they bought from Southampton, he's got a four four year deal. Is it right? Cedric, yeah, Cedric, Cedric, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. yeah. And um so so they're obviously invested in this team now. Like they're invested in that defence. And you think like like I say, like their front line is as good as anyone's in the league. But you can't if you're Arsenal, if you're an Arsenal fan and look at the contracts that they've just given out to those defenders, you'd be fucking thinking, well what what are we aiming for? Because they it was we. I mean, we we couldn't hit the target. We couldn't even have a shot for want uh, for lack of for lack of trying. We just against Bournemouth. It doesn't. We had one speculative effort. I think Celso shot over, or maybe Lucas Warrell, whatever it was. But against Arsenal, I think we had nine on target, eighteen on total. It was um, it was a lot of fun. I mean, for for a neutral, you'd you'd have absolutely loved that game. But yeah, I mean, it's. It just, you just felt that no matter how much control Arsenal had on the ball, and they had more of the ball, and I, I think that was a game plan from Mourinho to to sit off and let them have the ball when they're not in dangerous positions and, and to not let them get wide too often and just be compact because we will get opportunities. And part of it was to do with our play and our tenacity, but the other part was it's their, their ineptitude as a defence. You think how much money across the board that Mustafi's on and, and, um, and, and David Luiz... It's, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for it all, but you would, you must, you'd be fuming if you're a gooner. Oh yeah, I mean, um, yeah, we only had 37 percent possession, but you know, as I said, there were a lot of their passes are probably along their bat line and in not really dangerous areas. Um, there were signs that Mustafi was over the worst of it, but um, I think the only thing that was missing from yesterday's game was Spurs getting a penalty because they seem to always find a way to <laughs> to give us a penalty. Um, I feel like the first time in yeah. years that Kane hadn't scored in a derby either, but no, yeah, he should have done. Yeah, late on he should have had a couple. I think he was really trying to keep that record. He going. Should have buried that 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 first chance. He should should have he should have buried that. That was what he did. The choice he made. I mean, on another game, the keeper would have gambled, didn't he? Yeah. And went I, but he just 
just hit it low and hard as soon as it comes to you. I would say just. Like, That's the thing. Like, to be fair, we see replays in slow motion. I mean, if we replay in slow yeah. motion, we'd, we'd probably say hit the ball into the ground so the keeper's got to adjust himself. But because he came, because the keeper came out so fast, it made it difficult for Kane. But um, I'd commented a lot on um, Hume Min Son's form or lack thereof since the restart and. Yesterday, I thought he had a really, really good game. And when he was one-on-one with the keeper, I thought, please don't fuck it. You've gone a bit too far out wide. And then the next thing you know, he's just fucking smashing the room up, celebrating the goal. And um, no, I was happy to see Son <laughs> play well and get the goal again. I think the slap from Hugo Lloris kind of helped him, recalibrated him. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. John, what did you make of Son's overall performance? Yeah, I, I totally agree with T. He's, he's been out of sorts, out of form. He's just looked very like ineffective. He's just kind of like head down, run into trouble. And I thought he actually looked like pretty much our danger man yesterday. Um, and he just looked like he had a bit more, just a bit more spite about him again. Um, and when he when he gets on these little runs, and maybe he'll go on one now for a couple of games that we've got left, but when he gets in that sort of form, he's just he's just everything that we do well goes through him and. And he just looked great yesterday. And I actually thought when when the, the ball got played back to Louise and he had the edge on him, I, I immediately just thought he was going to score. Because when he's in that, because yeah. when he's got that pace, like there's not many defenders anyway who will, will be able to catch him. And he's like generally pretty reliable in that position. And like T said, he actually had a bit of a kind of scruffy touch that kind of took him actually in a better position to finish and then he, the, mm. the finish was so sugary Tate and Lyle just <laughs> little left foot little just a little chip just teasing Ding. the keeper little little L1 circle for the FIFA fans like <laughs> <that>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was naughty got, I loved it you've got to, you've got to have confidence in your own ability to do something like that yeah. like the best footballers will, will take that position and chip the keeper or dink it over the keeper and while it looks easy. That isn't... You've got to have a supreme confidence in yourself. You've not only got to chip it and lift it to keep you, you've got to put enough pace on it to beat any defenders that are coming. Yeah. But he's, he's done it before, and Kane's done it as well. Some of the best keep, some of the best forwards in the game will choose to finish like that. Like Anton Griezmann was... He's kind of known for it. Messi. And I'm not, I'm not putting Son and... Maybe Son and Griezmann's probably comparable, but, but certainly not Son and Messi. But he just has that extra level of class that... But sets him apart from, you know, some of the other forwards in the, in the. How, how good do you do, do you think Son is? Like, I know he's, no, he's not. He's not. He hasn't been a hundred percent reliable this year. But then the football hasn't been great. What? How how do you rate him, so John? Like, what? How good do you think he is? And have we seen his level? And, and, and do you expect to see more from him? Well, the thing is, I think like in, in football, generally speaking, there's like there's a top tier which. At, like, in kind of the recent times has basically been like Ronaldo and Messi and at times people like Neymar maybe even like a, like a Suarez that have been literally just like 40 goals a season just um, like just unbelievable just so much better than everyone else and then there's like a, a tier underneath that of, of players who aren't like superstar level in terms of they're not in that bracket but they're still the best player for their team of a Champions League team. So, like, Kane is the top end of that, like, pushing for that top, very top level. And I'd say Son's in the same bracket. Like, he, he scores goals on both feet. He'll always get, like, double figure. He's basically getting, like, number nine-ish numbers, like, for the last three or four years from pretty much wide positions. Um, so I do think, like, he would he would play for, like, most of the, the top sides, maybe not the one or two sides, but, like, the third best side in every league in the world comfortably. And, like, in, yeah. in a lot of those other leagues, like, if he played for Bayern, he wouldn't be out of place there. He might not be, like, their best player. He wouldn't be, like, better than Lewandowski. But 
he would he would be as effective as anyone that they've got in that like second position. And like I think that's true yeah. of like again, if he went to Real Madrid, like he would he would do well. He's he's no worse than like an Usman Dembele at Barcelona. Like he would sc- he would probably score more goals than him. So he's definitely he's definitely very very close to the the top elite level footballers in the world. And for us, he's been he has been a mate. He's been such a good signing for us, hasn't he? Yeah, unbelievable. Like twenty was it twenty two million? Yeah. Um, and you know if you if yeah an absolute bargain. And, and bearing in mind that when he signed, and this is more probably says more about my lack of knowledge in football, and I, I don't know a great deal about it really to be honest. But when he signed, I was like, who is this guy? Like, who is he? I did a bit of YouTube. Everyone looks obviously world class on YouTube. I had no idea that he'd be as good as he was. Uh, and, you know, again, my lack of knowledge. I definitely think um, that he was helped with the fact that he was allowed to play more centrally than rather than wide. I know he did drift into that left left wing position, but a lot of the game he seemed to be up top with Kane mm. and they could kind of feed off each other. You know, when he when he um when he, he ran on to Kolesniak's missed pass he was he was our number nine in that instance. He was the, the, the most furthest forward striker, and obviously that it felt like a four four two at times. But it enabled Kane to drop a little bit, like to get more involved in the game. If Kane drops, you knew that Son was going to take up his position up top, and we, we still had that outlet. I thought that that really helped us. So it felt. It, what, what did you think, T? Did, you, did it feel like a four four two a change in system? Did yeah, you? I think it did, and I think it helped out. I think Kane was probably the main beneficiary, having someone close to him. Kane wasn't dropping off as much as he was in the previous couple of games where he'd just be going into midfield trying to get the ball get the ball moving. So I think it was with that in mind and um, with Arsenal's defensive frailties why he did that. So, um, yeah, it definitely worked out. I don't know what Mourinho will do in the next game against Newcastle, but it definitely worked yesterday. We've got a, I've got a question from I know Alan Gilzine. He says, I was so pleased to see Kane play in a two-up top, especially versus three centre-backs. He's been swallowed up in the past, even when at his best. He looks sharper and unsettled them. Someone sharing his load could prolong his career and make us more exciting. We need it. What do you fellas think? John, what do you think? It's a pretty good assessment. I, I was actually just about to say, like, I think um, we actually just looked more interesting to watch. Like, it wasn't perfect, don't get me wrong. It wasn't like f- like free-flowing football. But I did notice, like, some significant differences. Like, we, we pressed a little bit higher. Um, like early doors if they were kind of like playing out from the back and then when we needed to we would drop off which was a little bit different from just immediately dropping in and I definitely think having Sun up with Kane not only like from an attacking point of view means that you've got a bit more pace like going in behind but it definitely was helping him with just shutting people down because Kane gets through a lot of work and it's kind of to his detriment now because I just think it's just it just runs him down and so when he gets mm. it in the best moments he, he's just got nothing left and actually we saw that by the, the chances he was still getting alright he didn't take them but he was still getting chances, and I think that that was because he actually had a little bit more in the tank in the last ten than he normally does. Um, plus, I th- yeah, sorry, mate, go on. No, 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 carry on. Sorry, sorry. I was going to say, I think also actually was probably the best performance we've seen from Lucas for a long time because he wasn't yeah. he wasn't so close to that. He was a little bit wider and a little bit further away, so it was easier for him to essentially not get in the way and just be a fucking roadblock like he normally is. Um, he was actually re- really good yesterday, Lucas. So I think that change of shape might have helped us but whether or not that's the long term plan I, I don't think so I just think like, as you were talking then I was thinking about the chances we had mm. like Kane had had a couple that he, he fluffed he went down the side put, put it into the keeper or you know he, his touch wasn't quite there and I well, we did a, I did a five statements um, this morning with Spooky 
uh, where we just kind of did our initial take of the game. And I made a comment about Kane not being fit. It, it doesn't seem like he's as sharp as he, he can be. Mm. And there's still some way to go between now and, and when he's fully fit. But even even a, a kind of 70% Kane, which I think that's where he is at the moment, he managed to, to display some of the things that we'd seen in the past. That I'm talking specifically about that run he made down the left-hand side. He picked the ball up. I think it was um, Ben Davies made this pretty decent clearance that went down the wing on the left-hand side. Kane picked it up, ran at Mustafi, and just used his shoulder to nudge the ball past him. It's like, done him, left him for dead. Like, he was... It, it's essentially like... the a spade had appeared in, 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 in Mustafi's hands and he was just digging his grave in the White Hart Lane turf. It was that much of a, a, a shelling that he'd taken from Kane. And uh, Kane, I think, stumbled and then put it to, to Son, who should have scored. Like, just po- poke it in. Again, I, I always have to caveat this stuff because football fans fuck me off about how easy they make things sound. Like, just score. But it, it seemed like he should have done much better than, than he did. Then there's the one when Lucas Moura went running, tried, should have squared it, but then kind of put a weak shot in. We had so many sort of half chances and a couple of really, really good chances that the, the game could have been much worse for Arsenal, could have been out of sight. I was doing a, I was doing a 90 minute a thing for 90 Mins, which is a, a YouTube channel. It's called The Gas Tank. And um, I was on there just talking about it today and I was talking to a gooner, which was absolutely beautiful. <laughs> just, you, just looking at his face and knowing... Knowing like he's in his head, he's like, oh, what's he going to say? Is he going to give me stick? He's going to give me stick. And you just you don't say anything. You be respectful at the beginning, and then when you're recording, then you give him. <laughs> and because uh, then what can I do? The recording, you get everything there. Uh, other pictures if you if you got five minutes. But um, I was I said oh, Arsenal were lucky that we didn't put more past them. Two one flattered Arsenal, and he was just like, that's that's ridiculous. That is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. We were, I can't believe you won the game. But when you look at it from a neutral's perspective, everyone saw how convincing we were. I get it. Arsenal had their chances. But the better chances came to XG does not on lie. another day. What, what is the XG, T? What, 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 what did, how did it stack up for that game? I've got in front of me, but we've got over two. I've got, got, them, I've two, got, less than one. I've got them imprinted <laughs> in my brain. 2.2 we had, and they had go. 0.7. Boom. So we should have had you know more goals than... you know. And you know their 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 guy their goal was incredible, but it's just um, it was just so fucking satisfying, man. It felt so fucking good. So I wasn't expecting it. I just I wasn't expecting to turn them over, and we did. And they didn't know what to do about it, and they were crushed. And the Arsenal the Arsenal fans going into it so fucking cocky. They always are. They? Always are. And what's ha- even what's they even always more beautiful are. is that you know they've got them tweeting all of their honours that they've won over all the years. Saying, oh, you'll never be on our level. Yeah, but we beat you 2-1, mate. Sit down. Yeah, mate, <laughs> you're, 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 you're being irrational. But if you, if you, if you spoke to them, like, oh, look at our honours, look at our honours. No one cares about that right now. You don't care about it. You're lashing out because you're hurt, right? But take your medicine, bend over. We smacked you on the arse. Now take your medicine, brush your teeth, get to bed. Yeah. Right? This is our day. There's nothing, it doesn't matter how many honours you won or how many trophies you won or what Arsene Wenger did. All of that was down to Arsene Wenger, by the way. You hounded out in the football club, you little rats. They're you ungrateful little pigs. Yeah, the, the, the most successful manager you've ever had, you hounded out. That's the sum of your parts. That's who you are. Don't tell us about your honours when you're, you're hounding out your, your greatest manager you've ever had. And then you're sort of saying, well, no, no, we hounded him out, but look at all the trophies he's won for us. You don't get to say that anymore, you mm. pig. You don't. You, you're a slug. 
You're vermin, and, uh, and 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 just just shut up and take your medicine because we ditch you, right? And, that, and 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 that's it. But be be humble. Learn to be humble. Like we we smashed you up. Take your medicine. Get to bed. Like we don't need to hear you. Somehow. I've got Spurs fans to talk to. I've got like, AFTV to be watching. I've got troops going mad and staring at the camera. <laughs> off that mate, lads, we need to talk about that right now, right? Mate, how many times? How it's been so much fun. It's it's a weird. It's like an art. Ex- it's like some sort of. Uh, still life, like you know, what, what would you call it? Like it, um, you know, like art. They have it's like an installation, isn't it? Like like an installation. <laughs> yeah, in that weird little white room. It's de- like the decorations terrible. The social distancing they've done on a socially conscious. They score a goal and they're all over each other, sweating, spitting on each other. Um, it, but I've just watched so much of it, and I just keep chuckling to myself. The best one, the best one I've seen. I'm going to stop talking in a minute because I realise I've just I'm talking the ears off everybody, but. The best one one is that it's the minute when uh, Lacazette scores and it's just three minutes is a long time mm. uh, for in AFT life or wherever it was. And it's the, 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 moment, um, the moment they score and Troops goes crazy and then they just fast forward it so they sound like really high pitch and then it, the bit where Sun scores is, is absolute gold. <laughs> uh, T, have you, have you been watching my show? I've only watched a couple of the clips of when the goals went in. But there's one where um, there's a Sikh, Sikh bloke, well, kid, and he was just going fucking mental after yeah. the game. And it looked like he wanted to cry. Um, that's probably... That's, that's, we shared yeah, that one. Yeah, that, that, that's one of my favourite ones. Um, they're such a social media team, aren't they? You know, with their fan base, always trying to create content. And, all, and the content that's the most successful is the one where the fans are laughing at them. But, no, it's a beautiful thing. It makes it, it, makes yeah. it even more fun. Do you, do you not think like that one with the, with the kid, the Sikh kid? He was about what well, he must be about eighteen yeah, at most. Like, yeah, at most. Um, I, I don't know if anyone else noticed, but he was calling us twats, scumbags, twats. Like, I mean, for me, like if I was in a pub and someone was saying that, I'd probably get a slap. <laughs> but this is what I'm saying. People don't realise that you, if you say this shit, there could be someone that takes exception to it. So. I'm not saying go out and slap the kid. I'm just saying that it might happen if you if you put that energy out. Well, yeah, I mean, I, mean, it's, I, My, um, I think the probably doesn't go to many games by the looks of it, and you know every action. I'm not saying find out where he lives. I'm not <laughs> saying on, find John. out where he lives. My, my favourite bit about it when he's just like they're the luckiest team in the world they're the luckiest team in the world and then and then defaulted to what have they ever won what have they ever won like it's just it's the, it's the mental block of like you're lucky and that's why you won but you never win and it's just this yeah. this mental meltdown of them just going like round in this weird circle in this mental maze when they just find themselves and at the end of it it's just a mirror and they're just looking back at their pathetic selves just going Oh no! Fuck! We're the cunts. Like we're the pricks yeah. here in this scenario. We've mugged ourselves off. Um, and they, oh, it's just, it's just, it's so glorious watching people who are trying to essentially like make, make a point about how much they love their club by completely mugging off their club by being complete fools on the internet for everyone else's enjoyment. And the whole like um, art installation thing is perfect. I feel like. Um, what's his name? David Blaine's like next like big stunt is going to be to just watch Arsenal fan TV like and be be on Arsenal fan TV in that little room um, and just see how long he can survive without fucking pulling his hair out and like, blowing his brains out or just being surrounded by these fucking idiots because it's, how, ju- it's how just do, weird. <laughs> but how how do they like? They must know. They must know that when like, they're playing us, so a lot of eyes are going to be on them. And you're 
especially troops who were staring down the camera, staring down the camera like, yeah, what now, what now, what now? And like there was, it, it, when did they score? Is it 15 minutes, something like that? Yeah, roughly. Ish. Whatever it was. Yeah. It was ish, around that. There's so much football to go. Knowing that you're going to be clipped up and made a fool of. Like, what, what goes through your brain? What absolutely goes through your brain? And I've got to say, look, I've, I've met them, right? I've met, I've met, troops and, and, and I've met DT and I used to work with Robbie quite closely and I've got to say as much as he's a gooner and stuff Robbie is an, he's a nice man he's a nice man you know I wouldn't want anything bad to happen to him and and I think he's most aware of what, what he's built than, than, than the others but the others are like an absolute there could be a car crash at times and they just seem to willingly get in the car it's like they've been they've drunk a couple of bottles of vodka and just think God, I'll, get, I'll get behind the wheel again I haven't. I, I didn't. I didn't learn for the last time. There's a pileup, and I was a quadriplegic for for four months, whatever it was. And I got the use of my legs and arms back, and and then and oh, jump some more vodka. Let me get back in the car again. That's what it feels like. Or maybe they don't care. Maybe they just like the yeah, attention. It's all content, though, isn't it? That's, that's what it all boils down to. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, Jason Marini says you must understand what they want, what they love, and as I said to the players before the game, to win these matches, the players need to wear the fans' skin. They must be ready to fight the same way the Tottenham fans would fight. They must be a fan of playing football. So where are we at with Jose Mourinho? Because I've got to say, before after the Bournemouth result, I was like, get him out of my football club. <laughs> get him out, I'll shoot him. I'll shoot him in the back of the head, figuratively. <laughs> but you can't miss up a head like that. Um, but now I'm like... Yeah, but now I'm like... Give him another year, <laughs> give him two years. Give him a ten-year deal. Give him what he wants, let him build the club. Let's build the club in his image. Where, where are you at, T? Where are you at with, with Jose Mourinho? Right? Uh, I'm still, I still think we should give him give him time. I wasn't overreacting at the at the Bournemouth game particularly. It was awful to watch, but I don't know if he was just sending out a message. But I think this game will definitely give him a bit of breathing room, and it came at a good time because um, you know we drawn the Bournemouth game nil nil. Um, Dar was suspended, and um, you know we just we just feared the worst. But I think. I think it might have been Seb Stafford Bloor who said so on Twitter. Says that derby games are suited to Mourinho because it you know it suits pragmatism, and I think yesterday was probably him in his element. But yeah, I think he'll always have a checkered history of Tottenham. Um, but I'm still, I'm still Jose in for now. <laughs> I uh, I'm pathetic. You know that, boys. I'm absolutely Why? pathetic because. I'm like genuinely, and I'm not mucking about it. I'm being really honest. I'm re- I was like out, get him out. He's useless. He's poisonous. He's whatever. We win one game against our rivals, and I'm like, maybe, maybe you, he's you all right. What, you, maybe he's you know fine. What Let's, I'm being honest you know about what, what I feel. Like. I think we need to yeah. normalise changing our mind based on information received. You know, um, you know, because <laughs> I could be Jose in now, and he might fucking annoy me next week. But I still, yeah. you know, he's our manager, and I want him to do as well as he can do. Um, it's like, I mean, we've had no, numerous conversations in group chats and whatever, and um, games like Bournemouth would be more palatable with a more likable manager at the helm. And Mourinho is someone who's a very um, what's the word polarizing figure. So people are going to yep. go back and forth, and and that's fine. That's all right, man. That's fine. Yeah. yeah, thanks, T. It's all right. Yeah, I, thanks. I, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we just need to get used to the idea of picking splinters out of our asses till the end of the season because we'll all be sitting on the fence. Like, there's there's nothing wrong with what T said about like 
having shit performances and being annoyed and then when performances get good letting things slide and I, and I just think we're in like we're in this weird flux where the, the season just needs to get in the bin and end we need to have like some new players come in he needs to like work on um, on a new shape on a new like kind of plan and like he's he can only do that with time but we can still complain about how shit it is right now and that's where I'm at I'm like look if, it, if it's shit I'm going to say that um, but I don't think that we should be sacking him now because I still don't think he's actually had like the right opportunity to put things in place. If he does that, so over the summer, if he m- makes a sign that he wants and we start playing a certain way, even if it is like horrible, but it's getting results, then I think we have to just like suck it up. The problem is that I think where everyone's worry is that you can have like shit football and still not get results, like we saw with Bournemouth. That's the that's the worry, but we can't really know what that's going to be until he starts to shape the team the way he wants to. So, but isn't isn't a mature person someone who doesn't like knee jerk? Yeah, but that's boring to listen to and read. <laughs> you know, someone can, yeah, someone can go the whole yeah, life saying, "Well, you know, Marine." I mean, I'm sitting on the fence. To be fair, I've never really been extreme one way mm. or the other. But it's good to have someone who says, "You know, I don't want him here," or "I really, really want him here." You know, and. That's the, that's the that's just you know the range of emotions that football fans have. Um, you know, the, there's it's just it's like night and day between the Bournemouth and the North London derby. Do you remember when we lost to Portsmouth in the FA Cup semi final, and we beat Arsenal a few days later? Yeah, and so, then Chelsea. What a difference a few days ago. I'm sure that you know if Twitter was what it was now, then there'd be loads of um, eggs on faces, and shit happens. I, do, I, I, for the record, I, I'm not. I'm still not like the, the boring football that we didn't see against Arsenal, which I think a lot was down to. You know, like when when, when clubs come and play us, we do well, but we beat Man City. Mm. We should we should have got at least a draw against Liverpool. Um, the only team that really came to and it might have been under Poch. I can't remember. If it was, no, it would have been Mourinho actually. It was Chelsea that came to us and, and probably turned us over a little bit. But by and large, any team that comes to play football against us, Mourinho seems to find a way to do it. He's like that old-style way of of managing games when it, when he's able to be reactive to the other team. Like, it, I think if Arsenal would have give us the ball, it would have been a different game. Like if they'd have just said, right, you have it, we're going to sit back and we're going to hit you on the counter, I think it would have been a different game. But, but but as it turned out, which you know they gave us space to exploit, it, it kind of worked completely into our favour. I just need what I need is to see Jose Mourinho break a team down, no matter how shit or good. If they're playing a low block or they're they're, they're being condensed and playing a narrow midfield and making it difficult for us to destroy someone, just I need to see one game where we tear a team apart who doesn't who's not willing who's who's whose motive for that game is not to concede. And then I'll start to, I'll, 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 I'll perhaps start to believe. I, I think I the thing know. with, so I think um, the thing with Mourinho is that he's he's really big on our scoring first. And I think that's probably where the problem lies is that if we don't score early, then we kind of don't know what to do. Imagine, imagine if we'd given that we'd got that penalty against Bournemouth and we'd scored it. We won one 0 Terrible performance. Shit. Like two, two, three shots on target between our last two Premier League games, Bournemouth and Everton. We won them both, and then we beat Arsenal with that display. Mm. Everyone would oh, be buzzing, yeah. right? Like we'd be, we'd be looking. Look, at, we'd have a side eye on the Champions League positions. Not, not, not likely, but everyone would be hopeful enough to think actually we could win our last three games here. 
It's mad. It's mad. It's just, I mean, I've been watching football since, you know, I was five, six years old, been going Spurs. I'm 38 now, and I'm still as immature and, and um, green with how to take a bad or good result as I ever have been. And it's something that I'm, 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 I'm kind of realising. And also, you know, you know, because it's a podcast and you want people to listen and when Spurs are shit and playing shit, pe- less people listen, kind of, there's that involved as well. It's made that every game that we watch, so much so much is riding on it. So you can't help but be be as reactive of, uh, as uh, as some of us have, some of us have, have, have been. Anyway, um, and Dombele didn't come on again. This is one of the worries with Mourinho because he's clearly a great midfielder. He's clearly, if we get something out of him, John, what, what what do you think of this situation with Ndombele? Is he going to... Is it, it, it? Can you see a future with him at Spurs? I, I can't, mate, now. And it's really... like, And that's not because I don't want to see a future. I, I would like to of have course. seen him in, in, in a midfield. Because exactly what you were just talking about there, about this idea of, you know, when we play against good teams and they have a go at us and their space to exploit, I think Mourinho excels in those situations. But like we've seen in recent times when teams just sit in... We are a bit clueless, and you basically need more technically minded midfield players. You don't need like so many holding players, and he hasn't played him in those games. And so it's like I, I'm less concerned about him not playing against Arsenal necessarily, where we, we you know potentially need like a Sissoko and a Winks just to run around fouling people and just get back into shape and be a bit more disciplined. But he's not played him against teams that he's like a natural fit for. And that, that is a massive worry for me because it just looks like, well, he's going to basically ride out to the end of the season and then bomb him off, which is a real shame because we've we've actually never seen him, really. We've seen tiny cameos, good and bad, and then he's going to go. And it's going to be, I think, a classic scenario with Mourinho. He's seen it so many times. De Bruyne, Salah... The oh, list no. goes on, matter. The list goes on and on and on. And I you think can't, this is a you can't say you can't say two players and the list goes on <laughs> and on. That's not a list, is it? You just name two players. What well, would you, I mean? I can't sit here and just list players all day. L- but L- he's, he's there, there ain't a list. There's two. There's two. There's no look. Lukaku. Lukaku. Uh, he sold Ozil as well from Real Madrid. <laughs> he, so, he sold loads of talented young young players as well. Um, and I think that is what's going to happen with Ondembele. He's, he's obviously just doesn't rate him, doesn't like him, or doesn't like his style of play, or his or his application and it, like I said it's just really frustrating because he was exactly the type of player I thought we needed he's like that Dembele type great ball carrier like he can see a pass he actually looked a bit more dynamic in the final third than um, Dembele so I actually was like this is perfect if you can just get a holding midfielder to compliment him then we're kind of getting back to what we had before which is what we need and so to to never really see him and then if he ends up going to Barcelona you know he's going to rip it up there it's just frustrating yeah. Um, so yeah, that is that is annoying. But I, I just I think he's done. I don't, he, he won't play for us. Um, he won't play for us next season. I don't think. It's just shame. What do you think he'll be sold? He's on a big contract for a lot. I, I, I'm not sure if he'd be sold. I, I mean, so there's discussions and um, talks about Barcelona basically want him and they're going to offer like players plus cash or a couple they, of players. They've got no money. Sort of, they've got no money. Yeah, exactly. So like they're talking about like players like Umtiti. 26 I think he's 27 alright but the rest of them that they're talking about are old and I don't see they're not like old enough where it's like well they're experienced you get a couple of years out of them they're like they are done 34 I think Rakitic, what, Rakitic. yeah he's too old like he would have been great four years ago how old is he I, think, how old I, think, is he? I genuinely think he's like 33 34 I think he's really old yeah and and like all the younger players are like absolutely 30, amazing he's 32 
Okay, fine. You could do a but job for a couple of years. A couple of years. A couple of years. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe I'm being a bit harsh, but either way, it's just it's it's underwhelming um, to swap him for like two players that they're not like perfect fits either. If it was like well, yeah. they had a holding midfielder, and if it was Busquets, for uh, you know three years ago, you'd be like fucking hell, yeah, do it. But it's not. So I just feel like we're going to come off worse in that deal. Potentially. All right, um, Sanchez. Uh, quick shout out to Sanchez. Had a really good mm. game. Came back in after was it three or four out. Actually, probably hasn't started a game since. He started back, against um, against Sheffield United and then he got dropped. St- okay. Well, he he came back. Had a good game. So, quick shout out to, to Sanchez. Aubrey Davis. He says, uh, "Will anyone admit to paying some chances for a plane that never arrived?" <laughs> so this is this is the Enoch, uh, Enoch out uh, plane, the banner. Like, like I, I get if people. Um, I get, I get if people like are unhappy, and we we did a podcast with Savvy Sava from a Spursy podcast, uh, where he's very much Enoch out. We did a podcast, let uh, release it at the weekend. So if you're interested in hearing that and haven't listened to it already, there's you know we did 45 minutes on why he thinks Enoch should be uh, and Daniel Levy should be removed from the football club and they should sell him. It'll be better for us, which was actually quite an interesting listen. You know, I, I was in, I enjoyed listening to his ideas, and I didn't agree with almost anything he said. Maybe. 90% of it I didn't agree with but that's fine it's fine to listen to someone and talk to someone who, who you don't agree with it. the normal thing actually got some stick some people give me some stick for even talking to him which, uh, which I found stupid to be honest but anyway yeah. he, I uh, thought it was healthy yeah, so, mate but very was, healthy yeah look it doesn't like, if some people don't want him in don't don't you know don't think that, that, that Daniel Levy is a healthy thing for the football club then there's no harm in having a conversation about it anyway uh the plane thing, like flying a plane, is is a proper, like a gammony thing to do in it. Like paying a plane to fly and send a message over. The fact that it didn't happen it was uh, very funny. It's embarrassing that anyone even thought it would be a good idea. To be honest. Well, yeah, paid about paid about so, uh, six hundred quid. Um, no, it's amusing, and it just ties into what I've said before about it just being a slogan. I don't think fly, flying a plane says anything. It's a send a leave you a message. Well. It's not going to find an extra hundred million behind his sofa and buy us the players that we want because of um, a plane flying over. Um, what do you, do you reckon he looked at him and went, "Oh, jeez, <laughs> these these lads are serious. I better, I better just. I'm going to ring Joe Listen so He's probably got a contingency it. plan. He's not going to give a fuck about a biplane pulling a fucking message. No, I don't. I don't. I'm just glad it didn't show up because it's embarrassing. Well, I thought I heard it. I thought I heard it go overhead. And that the cameras just didn't pick it up, which would have been like you're flying it over an empty stadium, so you're relying on the cameras. Who are, within minutes of the game starting, the the, the, you know, the cameras are going to be very much on the football. But uh, yeah, apparently, it didn't. Yeah, turn a lot of people ball. lost money, which is quite amusing. But I don't know if anyone's admitted to losing their money. So what's the story then? Is it, is it that they paid the money and the and the plane journey, the plane didn't take off, or is that the story? I thought they didn't I'm raise enough. I'm not sure money. which way around it was. I'd, I mean, I kind of had asked for spooky because spooky's a bit knows a bit more about it than I do. But I think um, it's a bloke who had an account selling merchandise, and he changed his handle and said he can, you know, source a plane to fly over the stadium. And I don't know if he there's every chance he put in a five hundred quid himself and said, yeah, a bunch of people have paid me. But it's more amusing to think that. Um, a bunch of um, Levy art people paid money and they didn't, didn't get to see a plane fly. <laughs> You'd be fuming. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. 
I like the idea that uh, Levy found out about it and just just bought the plane <laughs> and then just, cha- <laughs> just just changed the, just changed the sign to Levy's got a massive cop and then just flew it over and Sky couldn't show it because it was swearing. And he was that like, would oh, be amazing. amazing. <laughs> just 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 so so I know. Well, where, where are you? Where are you boys at, John? If you start, where, where hmm. are you at with Daniel Levy and Enoch? What, what, what do you think of them? Are they good for us or should they? Would you be happy if they were sold sold, sold the club to someone else? So I, I guess I'm a, a soft levy in, and I think my reasons are is essentially like all people, um, chairman of football clubs are fallible. They'll do loads of shit wrong in their tenure. Like it wasn't that long ago. Everyone bangs on about Liverpool's owners, and I, you know, listened to the pod with um, Spursy podcast guy, and he was saying, "Oh, Liverpool, they did this, they did that," but it was only like a couple of years before that that they were having walkouts and all sorts of shit, like chairman get things wrong because they're human and infallible and I think that there's this like idea that somehow Daniel Levy takes pleasure in like pissing us off or not winning yeah. things <laughs> like he's not like what a, what a weird master plan like to go oh right I'm going to buy the club I support and then just piss off all the people that go there um, and just do my best to like to wind them up and granted it's a business for him and he's obviously like more passionate about um, making money necessarily than, than glory on the football pitch but you don't like spend your time effort and the kind of attention to detail on that stadium if you don't give a shit about the fans like there was a lot of stuff in there that isn't just for money making that is actually for like thought and care of the club so i'm very much like soft levy in because i do think that actually some of the points about investment at the right time were quite spot on like there was an opportunity where we had pretty much the best first 11 over like a two-year period and we, if we'd have invested then we could have we could have and that's the crucial thing got over the line and won something but we might have just spent all that money not got over the line and then been in a really fucking shit situation in the new stadium so it's all ifs and buts so yeah i'm a very soft levy in i don't see that there's an alternative out there. there's a lot of people that can come in and just swindle a club and and really fuck you over and i don't see him as that he's a safe pair of hands and um i think we could do a lot worse than, than Daniel Levy personally. T, what do you um, think, mate? I'm probably the, the most Levy out of everyone on the pod, but I'm not a hardcore Levy out. I think um, he definitely lucked out at Pochettino in terms of having a manager who took players within the budget and still made us, well, made us dream, for want of a better term. Um, ticket prices are mm. ridiculous. The season ticket package is fucking dreadful, where you just get 19 games and that's it. A lot of other clubs throwing a cup game here and there. Um, and the Stratford is still contentious. And, um, yeah, I think in terms of buying players, um, I mean, if I was Sava, I wouldn't have led with that. I think he probably should have led with how Levy treats the fans more, whether it be ticket prices or away fans. Mm. And even that was the bit that, that was the bit of the podcast that resonated with me the most is, is just the cost that, that he's, he's asking and, and the, the, the sacrifice that, some people who can't afford it have to pay to get into the stadium just to watch their team play. That, that for me, was the most poignant well, yeah, thing that um, made. Yeah, because there's season the... tickets out there for two grand. And you're, you're spending that much. And I guess if we are missing out, you, teams are going to miss out on signings. That will happen. But to see that happen will frustrate you if you're spending an arm and a leg for season ticket prices and you're watching Ben Davis flail away at left-back when, you know... That stuff like that will frustrate you. But I wouldn't say... I'm hardcore Levy out, but I wouldn't be that upset if we if, if they left. Okay, uh, news and gossip: uh, Spurs could make forty million pounds for being involved in the Europa League next season, and eighty million pounds swing on clubs who fail to qualify. That's from the Athletic. Do you, 
Lee, did you, did you manage to read that article about how they made that £40 million figure? Because it sounds it really does. high. I didn't read it. I don't have an athletic subscription. But I think the... Just, where, where would you just find the headline on... Just, you just, you, did no, you make it up yourself? Or? Find a headline. <laughs> With all of them, I find a headline. I don't, I don't read articles. Hello, but, um, I'm only my... But no, I think... I, think, I, I, what, I guess uh, in the premise but, of the but, article is that um, how important Europa League qualification is and... Um, and the well, I guess you're going to go on to the Man City decision, makes it a bit more difficult now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> it does. You need to finish. The yeah, we do right? now, and that seems um, remote. We're not even in a cup to kind of uh, mask that. Arsenal are in the FA Cup semi, so they can still qualify for Europe through that. Yeah, and if they follow, if they finish below us, that doesn't help us at all. Uh, so we don't want to finish above. We just need them fucking knocked out. Who have they got in the oh, semi final? No idea. That's when we've been out of the FA Cup for so long. Is I'm not it? even bloody checked who who's left. Right, whoever it is, we we don't need Arsenal win the league. That wouldn't help uh, winning the uh, the cup that in uh, at all. Uh, ideally, we want Man City to win every competition they're in, which would push it push it down. And also, like just just for the record, like if Man City win the Champions League, FA Cup, and League Cup. They've had a better season than Liverpool, right? <laughs> I'll go along with that. I'll happily settle for that. Yeah, Mate, yeah uh, absolutely. So if they win the Europa League, the FA Cup, um, and the no, well, the FA Cup and and, uh, and the Champions League, Cup. League. Sorry, the League Cup. Then that's two positions to go, that go to get yeah, dropped down. Um, right? Arsenal play Man City, by the way. So seven, seventh. Oh fuck! God. Okay, God so it. Man City are, are going to absolutely. Dick them, you'd hope. So if they get down, that seventh would be enough, which is within within our reach now. If we beat Leicester, if we beat Newcastle, then this uh, we have got to play. Yeah, we've Leicester, got to play we? them at home. Yeah, at home we've got Newcastle away. If we win those two games, then you'd think we'd be in the top seven. You imagine you got to wait like Sheffield United been flying, like beat us three 0 beat Chelsea three 0 Um, yeah, but I, I, if you had a choice, like I like the idea of a season outside of Europe completely. But also like a long run in the Europa League. Mourinho, every time he's been in the Europa League, has won it. Like, could he do it again with us? Some investment over the summer. I mean, we'd take it right now, man, wouldn't we? Like, no, League? absolutely. But yeah, great. I, mean, uh, I think what I said earlier on in the group chat was that um, that the Europa League is not interesting until the latter stages. So we've never really enjoyed it because yeah. we've never got far enough to make it interesting. The only the Champions League is interesting from day one because you've got the music and you know the whole cachet that comes with the Champions League but the Europa League doesn't get fun to all the quarters and the semis and we never really got there so if you get to that stage it'd be very nice yeah absolutely okay so let's go to some questions uh, it says on Dombele X Sissoko on Reddit he says any plans to do socials once the pandemic is over yeah of course yeah absolutely like the, the Part of the reason why people pay for their Patreon is to get free entry to the socials. You can become a patron, by the way. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash fighting cop. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely. Once all this is start sorted and we don't have to socially distance and everyone should go... Because you know what it's like when Spurs get a big result at a social, which yeah. just goes mental. There's sort of spit come everywhere. So it's like you need to... you need to. There needs to be a vaccine, really, in order for us to do this. But yeah, as soon as we're allowed to, we're definitely... Definitely will. I think we're all missing it massively. Um, Munista, Muniesta on Reddit, he says, Jose said in the press conference yesterday, every time he's been in the Europa League, he's won it. If we make it, what do you think our chances would be of going all the way? John, what do you, what do you think? Can If we get into the Europa League next year, do you think that Spurs could? 
find a way to get to that final minute? Well, I think there would be a pretty good chance of us doing quite well because I think he would take it serious from the outset. Like he's he's been in it twice and won it twice. So and he's made no bones about the fact he would try and win it. So I think we'd probably do all right. And also we would because it's a knockout competition teams would come out and play against us and then we could sit up in the way that he wants to more often than say in a league um, set up where teams will sit deep just to nick a point so yeah we, we probably do alright and we, that might come at the sacrifice of like a top four finish again and he might depending on how we're getting on the league put all the eggs in that basket which in a way is pretty exciting and quite fun right because then you're just like we've got to win this to qualify for the Champions League it's like all or nothing um, it'd be pretty exciting so yeah we, why not yeah fuck it we're going to win it we're going to qualify and then win it what do you think? Yeah, I think we've got a very good chance. You know, it would be exciting to see some of the, you know, some of the youth get, getting a run out. Um, we didn't really touch on Skip getting a run out yesterday, and Mourinho was very, um, you know, was praising him quite a lot after the game. So it'd be nice to see the younger players getting games again. But absolutely, I think we could win it, and it would be, you know, it would be a great thing to win. How is he praising Skip when he's saying? Look, and Dumbley had no worse, no better performance than the rest of the team when he came on against Bournemouth, when it's clear that he was their best player. I don't understand that question, mate. What, do, what are you asking me? Well, I'm saying he's giving, he's praising Skip yeah, for playing five minutes, for yeah. running around at the end. Yeah, playing for five minutes, and then he brings in Dumbley in, who changes the game and, and, and enables enables us to get on the front foot against Bournemouth. But he, when people ask about his dis, his display, he says. Um, he was oh, no better or no. no worse than so, anyone else. Sorry for that. Wasn't psychological. True. That's why I think he did it. Psychological. I think maybe he felt that Skip needed. Yeah, I think Skip probably needed, needed to be told that he needed needed around the, the squad and stuff. So he probably felt that you know what, Skip is Spurs through and through. You know he hates Arsenal, loves Tottenham. So he probably felt he needed to hear that from his manager. And they probably have done ballet. Maybe he doesn't want him to get ideas above the station. I don't know. Um, there's been much, much has been said about Mourinho and Pogba. And it could be scenes of shades of that again, but do you reckon he's a racist? Do you reckon he's racist? I think that there are certain traits that black people have that Mourinho isn't really comfortable with. Yeah, he thinks that black people are uppity <laughs> and, lazy, and lazy, uh, lazy yeah. and uppity. Got too much to say and don't work hard enough. That's that's it genuinely think that that, that yeah, might I be mean, a problem. He'll, Jose Mourinho. He'll say that his wife's from Angola, <laughs> but I'm not having that. That's not enough. <laughs> His wife's yeah, from Angola. Port- Portugal colonised Angola, so there are Portuguese people in Angola. So that's why he married. He married a. Uh, well, hang on a second. In what respect is she's not black? She's not black. Actually, black, I'm, I'm not going to go. I wasn't <laughs> going to say that. I wasn't. That's not what I was get, get, getting at at all. Anyway, uh, that, he married her to an argument on the internet. The <laughs> yeah, he's just Jose Mourinho is just a Portuguese big wrong. That's all he is. Never forget. No, that. he's 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 um, he, uh, Jose Mourinho is um, is uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Django Unchained. That's what <laughs> I think. Hell. I feel that's a good closing <laughs> point, Mr. Candy. Right. Um, before we go, Flav, can I just say we we didn't mention the greatest moment of the entire game. Well, gentle Ben's fucking rocket that nearly flew oh. into the top bins gave me the biggest Mate. hard on of all time. If 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 um if Martinez hadn't put a finger on that, which was one of the greatest saves I've seen, it's an incredible yeah, save. Great save. That would have gone in off the bar. <laughs> it would have been like it Tony Yeboah levels, just wham, <laughs> Tony. Yeah. That would have been glorious. Yeah, it would have been. 
It would have been insane. Like, un- unbelievable. What a great what? strike that was. And when he was hitting, I was like, no, just sort of keep possession. Mm. And then, like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah it was superb. Beautiful. All right, fair enough. Uh, I-, I want to say thank you for Felonius Phil. How are you doing? You're Thanks welcome. for that. And uh, John, big John Bass. Peace. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see you all soon. I think uh, what when's when's Newcastle? When's I want to say Thursday? Wednesday, but I'm probably wrong. Yeah, That's do you know what? I'm loving this. I'm loving this. They should shorten the season. <laughs> they should shorten them and 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 make the players play once every four days. That that would be so much better. And then you just get a you get like a four month break in between the seasons. Yeah, I'd love that. So it's sound like players like watching um watching the Ashes. No, they're never going to play football again for another four or five yeah. months. It's out in the peasant and lords. <laughs> yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and they'll have all the cup games in as well. Like, sometimes they have to play a game every other day. Just, like, get bigger squads. More opportunities for... for, for the for, FA Cup could be players. like the World Cup. Just one month. Knockout football. Done. Yeah. Bosh. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Yeah, this is great. Great. That's like, like, no more moaning about fixture pile-up. More. more fixtures, if anything. Give us more. We want more. All right, nice Peace. one, boys. Peace. Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 
Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.